Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Excel Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Excel Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. For those of you that are new to my channel, thank you for tuning in. It's a pleasure to have you. For my legacy listeners, you know that I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. Um, So I know for my new listeners, you're like, Molly... I haven't seen an episode from you in like weeks, so like, did you fall off the planet? No, it's kind of my thing. Um, I have my personal uh, style with podcasting is I only make an episode when I think I have something valuable to share with you and only when I feel led to do it. If I don't feel led, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because you have enough people trying to pour things into your ears all day long without me just making up stuff and just throwing it in anyway. You know, no one needs that, right? Your time is valuable. So I try to only give you things that I think matter, things that I actually have something I can intelligently speak about. And so that's what I do. So today's going to be the continuation of the last episode on filters. And we talked last time about how when we don't work on our internal filters, we mishear things, misunderstand things, and cause a lot of tension um, in our relationships and our jobs and all aspects of our lives. And I mentioned towards the end that I was going to come back with an episode to help you master those filters or at least how to deal with them and I really meditated on this one because there were so many times where I thought oh I'll do the episode now and I'm like but I still don't get it how do I fix my filter like there's no like one two three step book that I could find that was like how to master your messed up filters in your head so I think I have something for you um if it doesn't give you value uh you know chew the meat, spit out the bones, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, and then I'll tell you about something that happened over the weekend, just so that you guys know. So when I think about filters, one of the places that I tend to deal with my filters more than, than normal is at work. And I don't know about you, but my messed up experiences and emotional scars tend to come out a whole lot more at work than they do at home. Why? Because work is where my livelihood is. This is how I get my paycheck. This is how I take care of my family. Um, It's very important to have the job. And so I'm forced to put up with a lot more And because I put up with a lot more, a lot of things go through those filters. So, let me give you an example. So, a couple weeks ago, I sent out a survey at work. And in the survey, I asked for people's uh, honest, you know, both positive and negative feedback about the tool that I was using and building because it was allowing me 
to do a lot of really miraculous things. I even got awarded for it. But I wanted to know what they're looking for this year so that when I build it for 2024, I don't build it, you know, and and miss the mark. You know, I want more buy-in. And I didn't get a lot of happy responses. I got a lot of negative negativity from everyone. And it was so harsh that I, my filters came out. My filters were seeing it through the wrong lens. And I was like, oh my gosh, they just sat there and grinned in my face all this time. And were like, we love you. We can't wait for you to build something else so great that you use this tool, da 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 Thanks, you know, and I'm thinking they were lying all this time. And I was like, so how many phony people am I working with? You know, what else are they lying about? You know, I bet they didn't appreciate this. And so my messed up filters started having me make up things that weren't there, had me uh, think that they were, um, you know, really not giving me honesty. I was like, this really doesn't matter to them. And in my mind, the majority of the answers were negative. Now, why did I have that problem? Because filter-wise, I've had experiences in the past where people say they absolutely love what I do, and then they just bash it to the ground. You know, no mercy, no nothing constructive, not even constructive uh, criticism, just criticism. And a lot of times criticism that makes no sense. And to the outside looking in, you're like, oh, just tune it out, you know, ignore it, you know, kick the dust off your shoes and keep walking. Well, it sounds great, but when you deal with that over and over again, you start to develop a um, almost a mentality towards it, where you start to think about it differently, and you start to think that it's bigger than it is. Now, how do I know that this was a filter issue on my part? I'm glad you asked. So several weeks later, I went back and looked at it, to you know, just combing through it, getting the information, uh, trying to find out, you know, if there's any constructive uh, things in there I can use and come to find out it was not the majority that was negative. The majority was positive. Even the feedback they had really wasn't that critical. It was like the one or two, maybe three recipients it had a lot of negativity to say, and it was more than likely people who don't use the tool. Now, this is huge, and I want to tell you how this connected, where that experience directly came from that made me think the wrong thing. I had a client a few years ago, a client that I literally did everything that I could for them, and I mean everything. Everything from making their website, um, enhancing their brand, redesigning their logo, building them a system for payment tracking, um, being their personal assistant, uh, making their business cards, their brochures, you know, you name it, I did it. And everything I did, they hated. Every single thing. Oh my gosh, this is ugly. No, I don't need that. I have this on my own. Why did you make the logo? I already have a logo. Like, your logo is not vectored properly. 
And if I use what you have and try to put it on here, it's going to look blurry. And the next time you decide to make a big printout on like a big poster or a banner, it's going to look blurry. And no matter what I said to them or explained or showed to them, they just were not happy. And this was after them like immediately saying how much they loved what I did. Like in my face, they're like, oh, we love it, we love it, we love it. But then they would go online on my website and on my page and just dog me out. And this happened, you know, with at least two or three clients. And now when you think about the grand scheme of all the clients that I have, it's nothing compared to the number of clients that I have, you know, two or three negative people. But those two or three negative people can make quite a few comments that can really dig into your self-esteem. And when I had them feeling that way, and then when I had a nine-to-five job, I worked at a nonprofit probably about oh gosh maybe about 10 15 years ago and at this nonprofit I had a co-worker or I'll say one of my co-leaders and I was doing everything for them their reports their um you know doing the payroll for their people you know I did everything I could possibly think of for them and in my face they would say how great it was but they would go behind my back and go to HR and our top leaders and just complain about oh my gosh she's she has no boundaries she's in my work I'm like wait a minute where's all this coming from you asked me to come in and do this work you asked me for my help I went in and did it and now I'm I'm a problem and so it got me to a point where it developed a callous in my mind towards people and compliments and developed a callus to where I no longer believe when people compliment me right off the bat. I think, okay, what's your angle? What do you need? What do you want? You can't really be telling me the truth. So what is the real purpose of your lie? And that's not a healthy way to think of it. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, that's work, but that my struggle is personal relationships. That has nothing to do with personal relationships. I beg to differ. So these same scenarios that I told you actually impacted my love life and had my husband not just been head over heels in love with me, I would have lost him in the very beginning. Like before he even proposed, I would have lost him. So because of those uh, scenarios where I was used to people complimenting what I do and then turning around and insulting it, I didn't believe that anyone honestly meant it when they gave me a compliment. I thought they were lying. So when I met my future, um, when I met my my current husband, my my only husband I've ever had, but when I met my husband for the first time, he was just complimenting me. He's like, you are just beautiful. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, what, how much is the bet? He's like, what? I said, how much is the bet? I need to know how much it is because I want half. I think I deserve half. If I'm going to be the butt of the joke, I deserve some of the money. Like in my mind, I was like, there's no way a guy this handsome is coming for me and genuinely wants me. I was like, it must be part of a bet. must be part of some sick, twisted joke. I was like, I'm not falling for it. I'm going to get something out of this. I'm not going to be humiliated for no reason. I just did not believe it. And this went on for months. And I'm telling you this so you know how messed up your filters can be. And then we're going to talk about how we're going to fix it. So he for months would tell me, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. You're such a fun person. You're such a smart person. 
I love being around you, all these great things. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. So where's the main chick? I'm like, is she pretty? You have a picture? You know, don't pretend you're dating me. You don't have to lie. And most guys that probably would have just ran them off, like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. Uh, For my husband, he... It made him want me more. Uh, Why? I don't know. But it did impact my ability to receive love from him. So much so that when he first proposed to me, I said no. I just knew he was lying. And he wasn't. He was being honest. He was telling me the truth. I just couldn't mentally handle it. And sweet, sweet man (laughs) ended up proposing to me three times. Proposed to me again. I accepted. And then he proposed again just to make sure I knew. I was like okay, got it. He wants to marry me. All right. Um, but all this because of filters. So now that we know that this filter thing can impact work, family life, it it can do all kinds of things. How do we fix it? So I'm going to give you my three steps on how to deal with this. And please, you know, I look forward to hearing your input on how this has worked or not worked. So step one is you have to make a decision to address your filters. And I know that sounds simple, but I I wish you were there when I did my first sermon. Um, my first sermon was called The Ministry of Choice. And the nutshell is that everything we do, even the not doing, is a decision. There's nothing in life whatsoever that will ever happen without you making a decision. Be it eating, be it applying for a job, be it going on a trip, whatever it is, even if you're like, I'm just not going to do anything in bed, that's a decision. Everything starts with a choice. So you have to start by making a choice in your mind and in your heart that you're going to address your filters, that you're going to work on it, and you have to commit to that decision. And I say that because committing to working on something is a whole lot bigger than just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to work on it. If you're going to fix your filters, you can't do a one-time thing. You've got to commit to working on this thing every time it comes up until it's no longer a problem. You have to become obsessed with fixing yourself. Um, That's actually a personal model that I have. I'm constantly in therapy, constantly reading articles, constantly reading books, constantly asking, like, hey, what... Have I done anything that's out of character today? Am I getting better in this area? Like, I ask because I want to get better. I am obsessed. It is my life goal to not die as a broken woman. Um, I want to at least have improved in some areas. I know I won't be able to fix everything before I leave the earth, but I can darn sure try, right? So commit to fixing yourself. Now, the second thing you want to do is when those things happen, when your a situation comes up that could possibly be a trigger for your filter, you've got to develop a, what do I call it? Um, I don't really have a good word for it. I'll just say what it is. You've got to develop your own personal um trigger or catchphrase that lets you know like hmm I should think about this so for example when I'm at work and I'm around people 
and the people are saying things that I don't really like or agree with or they're making decisions that I'm like, I'm really against this and I can feel my emotions rising and I feel myself getting negative and I feel myself getting upset. My trigger phrase is, Molly, is there any way that you could be reading this wrong? And I just tell myself that. And there were times when even that wasn't enough. So what I got was an anxiety ring. And an anxiety ring is a little ring that you put on your finger and it spins around like the fidget spinner. They have them on online on your, um, you know, on your Amazon, if that's where you go. And I purchased this thing. And when I'm sitting in meetings, especially on camera, I will have my thumb already on that ring. And I know that if I start moving it, it's going to distract my mind and I'm going to start thinking, wait a minute, am I reading this right? Am I, am I overthinking what's being said? Am I underthinking it? Is that really what they said or is it what I think they said? Um, have a trigger, something that forces you to think. And I say forces you to think because it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm, it's probably just my filters. I'm reading it wrong. You might not be wrong. You might be right. You might be reading the situation perfectly. And you just need to be able to think rationally for a moment. You just need something that allows your mind to pause, sit quietly, and think about what it is you heard. Um... Another thing you can do to fix your filters is repeating back to the person what you think you heard. And that is, it's called the speaker listener technique. And it's really, really powerful. I actually need to get back into it. But the speaker listener technique is where, for example, say you and I are at the lunch table and you're eating this dessert and I said, wow. You know, I couldn't eat that. I would gain like 15 pounds. I'd be big as a whale. And in your mind, you heard me calling you a whale. So you use the speaker listener technique and you'll say, wait a minute, I think I heard you just say that I'm a whale for eating this cake. And that then gives me a chance to either correct my statement or confirm my statement. And then you know exactly what you're hearing instead of letting it go through a filter. That's a way to deal with it. Um, I did that with my husband for a long time where I thought he was saying one thing. I could have sworn he was saying one thing. He's like, that's not what I said at all. I'm like, it's not? No. You know, um, I remember, you know, the day that I was trying to get clothes and we lived in Maine and they didn't have a lot of clothes that were my size and I was just kind of struggling to wear anything that I thought was really cute. And he was like, you know, I think when you develop your style, you know, it'll be a little bit easier. And, you know, maybe you should try, you know, ordering online instead of going in the store, you know, because, you know, they don't always have the big girl sizes. And I took it as I'm so fat that I couldn't order, I couldn't walk in a store and get clothes, which was not at all what he said. But when I used the speaker listener technique, repeating back to him what I think he said, I was able to get that clarity. So that's another technique you can use to correct your filters. Um, and the last thing I will say is give it time. 
give it time and have mercy on yourself. Correcting a filter like is no different than correcting any flaw or any scar in your life. It's going to take time. It's not going to be a super quick thing. You've got to give yourself grace, especially when these things have layers. Um, for example, like I won't go into too much of it, but well, I will. I'll go into just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of it. So let's talk about showering, right? I struggle with taking a shower every day. I know you're thinking, Molly, you're just walking around smelly, uh, maybe to some people. Um, I do try to spray and all that and put on deodorant and all those kinds of things. But the reason I struggle to take showers is because I was molested in a bathtub. And bath time was not fun for me. Bath time was a dangerous time. It was when I was most vulnerable. I had nothing to grab onto. I had nothing to um, defend myself with. And to this day, I still struggle with showering often because those memories come back. And I look at showers as dangerous. And it doesn't matter what hotel I'm in, how fancy the place is, um, how great the shower is in my own home. I feel danger. And I have to literally do speaker listener technique with myself and say, okay, Molly, where do you see danger? Where, who is here to harm you? Do you see anyone in your home that could harm you? What can you do to empower yourself? You know, and sometimes those are things you have to do, um, you know, just to help you muscle through it. Um, so I'll say this last thing. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. So last thing on trying to fix your filter is if you find yourself in a scenario where you did not misinterpret, because it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Times where you're like, oh, I probably misread that. And then they pretty much confirm that, yeah, they were trying to insult you. And you're like, oh my gosh. Okay. How do I deal with it now? You need to have some pep talk phrases that you say to yourself to help you get through it so that you don't dwell on it. Like, don't think about it. Like, there's a, my pastor talked about nursing and rehearsing, and that is such a powerful thing. Committing to not nursing and rehearsing is a powerful way to get rid of filters. Uh, What is nursing and rehearsing? It's when you hear something and you choose to keep thinking on it over and over again, day after day, hour after hour, and now it's all you think about. And it's the only thing you think about when you see this person. I'm actually going to try this technique that I'm telling all of you on um, someone that I think may be a friend. I have a friend um, that I've known from high school. I don't really remember her in a lot of things in high school. I I blacked out all of high school because it was a very traumatic experience for me. Um, But she genuinely wants to be my friend. And she reaches out and sends me messages and does all kinds of things. And in my mind, I was like, I don't trust you because you've got some past habits that could endanger my marriage. And I'm, I'm telling you this. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going there. I wasn't trying to go there, but y'all pulled it out of me. I'm telling you this because I think this is how a lot of relationships end. A lot of love lives end because of this filter problem. 
So I'm used to being cheated on. I've been cheated on so many times I lost count. Um, I've had guys cheat on me with everything under the sun, with women, with men, with something in between. Um, I have been, I've had guys have several women they cheated on me with, like main squeezes, and I was just the, I was the side chick um, so many times. And it was always by these women who looked way better than me, in my opinion. And it's because I have, you know, and I'm telling you this so I can be real, because I know somebody's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know, you know. So I'm a big girl. I'm a plus size woman. I'm very heavy set and I don't want to be heavy set. There's something wrong with my body health wise. I have been fighting, going to doctors for years, trying to figure out the answer. I'm close to the answer now, but because of that, I I will never be a, a size four. It's not happening. Um, a perfect 10. I haven't seen that since high school. Like that was like the smallest I probably ever was. And usually if I had a friend or I knew of a lady that was beautiful and thin and long hair and all that, you know, like the desirable type of woman, eventually my man would go after that woman. And I would never know it. It would always be months later, years later that I find out. I'm like, oh, wow, you've been cheating on me with her all this time. Why didn't you just leave me and go with her? And it was always something silly where they're like, I really like you. I just, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to her. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't make me feel better. Well, anyway, when you get cheated on enough times and they were always friends that, you know, I don't know what it is about light, lightness and darkness where you have people who are unfaithful but they want to be around the faithful people because they think it's going to rub off on them or something like some kind of a magic genie carpet (laughs) you know I'm like it's not like it's not how that works uh you have to just choose to have the right character um anytime I would be around someone who has a history of being unfaithful or whatever eventually my man would fall for them and then I would lose who I had And I said all this so you know where this filter is coming from for me. So, and I mean, I've literally been cheated on since the fifth grade. Um, No, fourth grade. Fourth grade was the first time um, someone cheated on me. Like, it just, my very first relationship was a blatant um, act of of adultery. Um, So it was like, wow, like, am I that ugly, you know? And so these things went on, you know, for years and years. And so I have my husband and I'm very particular about what women I will befriend and what women I will be around and what women I will let hang out with my family. And it is not because they did anything to me. And a lot of them probably have the purest of intentions and aren't even thinking like that. But when you have enough people um, violating your your relationship vow, you start to not trust. And I'm telling you this so you know why, how deep the filter can go. For the longest time, I looked at it as a filter problem where I just didn't trust her. This friend who keeps messaging me, trying to connect with me even though I don't say two words to her. But what it really boils down to is I have a filter problem with my husband. 
what I'm really saying is I don't believe that you'll stay faithful if I befriend this person, if I bring them around, uh, if I just have a phone conversation with them. And that's not at all like what it should be. I shouldn't have that filter problem, period. But I do have it. So I have to apply the things I told you as well. You know, which is committing to myself and saying, okay, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to ask myself, am I maybe misinterpreting her reach outs? Maybe she's just trying to be my friend. Maybe that's all it is. Um, You know, maybe I need to repeat back to myself what I think is being silently said, but no one's saying that. My husband's not showing the actions of anything controversial. Um, This woman hasn't shown me any actions of anything controversial um, in my relationship. So now what? You know? So bottom line, address your filters. You can do it. I believe in you. Don't be discouraged. No matter how deep or twisted or dark those filters are, you can and you will overcome them if you choose to. All right, that is all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I will have another message this week. I have it literally saved. um, So you will hear something else from me this week. So you won't have to wait as long. Um, Until next time, be blessed, be full of peace and prosperity. I hope that all things go well for you and that you are safe and protected on all sides. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xclbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.